0: This is episode 348 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's articles are, How to Avoid Being Targeted by Looters During a Period of Civil Unrest, and Emergency Home Repair Items You Should Stockpile. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my new ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. When you buy the ebook you also get access to the Prepper website forums. So if you'd like some more information there is a link in the show notes. Hey everyone welcome to another week of podcast episodes. Hey for those of you that are new, I record the podcast the night before uh, it is released, and so basically, the the Monday podcast is recorded on Sunday night, and so somewhere, you know, late Sunday evening, I'm usually uh, publishing it out there, and I do that so you have the podcast on your your Monday commute, you know, into work, or whenever you choose to download it. But it is there for your morning drive, if that's something that you are doing. And so, as I was getting ready today this morning for church uh you know I go to Twitter and I use Twitter for uh all my my news to to get news quickly one of the reports that I saw was the riot that happened over in uh, in Portland Oregon and uh you know it's been a little while since we've heard about riots and it's kind of like the summer is is kicking up the heat is out there and, uh, I guess people, uh, all the, all the, the people, all the Antifa who are ready to, to cause problems, I guess, are, uh, you know, out of school. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm just making stuff up here, but, um, it's been a while since we've heard of riots, but they get pretty crazy pretty fast now, you know, and it's not just people screaming at each other; it's people throwing things and, uh, people, uh, you know, ready to, ready to hurt each other. And I think we're at a, a serious point in our country. You know, I sent a, an email over to my friend Mark Goodwin uh, over at Prepper Recon because his his most recent book is about you know civil unrest and, and things that are happening in uh, in America. And you know, it's a fictional account, but when you're reading some of those things, it's like man, very true to life. It's like you, you know you're you're reading something out of uh, you know the current news cycle and uh, just, you know, touching base with them, because it's 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 crazy out there, and when this type of stuff starts gearing up again, um, you want to be careful. You want to make sure that your eyes are open. The thing that gets me here, I mean, Portland, Oregon, right? I mean, it's Oregon. It's a very left-leaning state. Um, the thing about this is that this was, um, I guess, the, the, the prayer, a prayer rally, or at least they're calling it a prayer rally, uh, the Patriot prayer demonstrators, right? So I don't know if that really means that they were really getting together to pray or, or what have you there, but, um, you know, there were Trump supporters. And so you, you know, the minute you you go that way, the other side is going to, to come and they're going to disrupt. Now the thing, I guess where I'm going, um, the thing that bothers me here is that the Patriot prayer demonstrators, they had a permit to be there. They had a, the, a permit to be out there and they were going to do a march, right? And uh, so the Antifa shows up and, you know, they show up to start causing problems. And these people were just going to march. Um, if, it's almost like if you leave them alone, they do their march and they get it over with and then they go home. Uh, but, you know, when you bring in another group and they're going to, you know, cause problems and stir up things, uh, you know, there is going to be uh, issues. And, and we're at such odds right now in America that it's very easy for things to get touched off. And of course, we've seen this in other parts of the country. One of the things that really bothers me, though, is this article that I'm reading, and I'm reading it off the Drudge Report. Um, is quoting a guy from uh, from Twitter right so it's I guess they embed their their Twitter uh, feed or, or a couple of the tweets that he put out there and he says here uh, the Federal Department of Homeland Security Police are making the new arrivals return anything that can be used as a weapon plus any pepper spray they may be carrying And so you know I guess Homeland Security is is checking everybody's bags or whatever and all that kind of stuff. But a little bit further down in the article, you find out that they're throwing things, you know, they're, they're throwing, uh, eggs, like lobbing eggs and, and half empty water bottles and firecrackers. Okay, so the water bottles, that's understandable. If you're out there, it's hot, you're gonna be drinking water. But, firecrackers here in in the houston area if you're inside the city limits and you have firecrackers that is a serious fine i mean well not serious but you know 200 plus dollars uh worth of a fine and then they take the firecrackers from you and then eggs i mean come on really what were they going to do with eggs They're going to boil them out there, right? They're going to eat raw eggs, and so if Homeland Security was really out there and they were checking people and making sure that nothing could be used as weapons, why would they let them have eggs? Because you know you're not going to do anything else, but you're going to throw them and cause problems. So why even do that? Why even allow that? And so uh, after reading this, you know, there's there was a situation here where um, the people that were in the Patriot Prayer demonstration. We're, you know, going after the police and say, hey, why aren't you protecting us from these people? Why aren't you, you know, uh, dealing with them? Because they allow them to do that and the cops aren't doing anything about that. So, uh, you know, that's that's the same thing that we saw in other riots that happened uh, last year where the cops really weren't doing anything. Cops were really kind of funneling people to a certain area. And and uh, in in some places, people were even saying that the cops were, were letting it happen right in front of their face. They weren't doing anything about it, which is pretty scary, you know, um, when, when those types of things are happening and the police are just... on a normal day if someone was doing something like that the cops would be all over it but because it's this situation right here the cops are just allowing it to happen and maybe they're being told to stand down i don't know uh i just i just don't like that especially when someone has a permit someone has gone through the trouble of getting a permit and say hey we want to do this march we're going to march we, we maybe we're going to pray when we get to the end of it i don't i don't know uh, but you know one of the guys was uh, he was he's running for office that's doing this And you know what? He could be doing it on purpose to get uh, to get more publicity, so people will vote for him later on. You know, uh, down the road when when they actually uh, go to vote. But nevertheless, I just hate the idea that this group does go through the trouble of getting a permit, and then very quickly the police yank that permit and call it a riot because people are you know are throwing things at each other and those types of things. And so, uh, just one of those things to be careful with as we are going into you know uh, July Fourth festivities uh, this week, and uh, you just keep your eyes open, be smart about things. Uh, I know you know our family, we're getting together, we're gonna be we're gonna be doing hamburgers. I think we we live outside the city limits, so uh, we can pop fireworks where we're at, um, and so we'll be doing a little bit of fireworks and swimming and just having a good time. Uh, And there are big, uh, there are big events that happen in the Houston area. The Freedom Fest happens downtown, but, you know, it might be one of those things where you just choose not to go. And, uh, because there, there's always the potential of being caught somewhere. I would hate to be caught downtown in in a riot and, you know, where there's so many people and then getting out of there, trying to get to your vehicles and trying to get home. It's just, I don't know. Um, that's just the way that I kind of think out there. But, Guys, be careful out there. If you are, you know, going to go to any of these big events and, and big festivals, and just be smart, um, uh, you know how how you handle things and maybe how you prepare. And if you get uh, separated from your from your group, you know, have a plan on on how to get to where you need to get to and uh, how to communicate with each other. But anyway, just wanted to kind of throw that out there because um, I, I think we're going to continue to see more of this uh, pop up as our country uh, continues to become more and more divided. You know, one of the things that if you uh, watched my uh, weekly Watchmen, um, actually it was two weeks ago, John Haller, I believe it was John Haller, uh, mentioned it, that we're pretty much in a civil war. Uh, the only thing that hasn't happened is, is the shooting, right? Is the fi- the shots fired. Um, we're, we're really close. The nation is very, very much divided uh, out there. And so, yeah one thing as a as a as a christian as a as a preacher one of the things is that we just got to pray for for people uh and and pray pray that um you know cool heads prevail and that uh, the right thing is done as as we move forward unfortunately uh when i look at the world out there i don't know about you know how uh how things are going to continue to proceed um it's Kind of weird out there, kind of scary. So, uh, that's one reason why we prep and one reason why we make sure that uh, we have the things that we have in place so that we can protect our families and so that we can, uh, you know, that we can mitigate any issues that happen for, for whatever reason, whether that's a natural disaster, whether that is some kind of uh, terrorist uh, attack or whether that is, you know, riots and things that are happening that are maybe are being forced upon uh, society from different factions, right? So uh, there you go. Um, I Kind of rambled on on that one. So let's go ahead and jump into our articles for the podcast. Our first one comes to us from askaprepper.com. And this one's entitled, How to Avoid Being Targeted by Looters During a Period of Civil Unrest. But really, this uh, the title doesn't really fit Uh, the rest of the article the article is really more about protecting your home during a time of civil unrest and so uh, you know it's one of those things where we do need to make sure that we have some uh, some layers in our in our home uh, security so that we can protect ourselves so uh, let's go ahead and read this article there isn't much any of us can do to stop a natural disaster or doomsday type scenario happening in our towns and cities. All we can do is ensure we are in the best position possible to ride out the worst of the situation and come out the other side in as good a shape as possible. In other words, if you want to survive, you had better make sure you are as well prepared as possible. But where do you start? There is seemingly endless list of things you can prep, as well as many new skills you can learn that will undoubtedly help you in the future. However, for this article, I am going to concentrate on just one thing, how to make your home as looter-proof as possible. So how to make your home less appealing to looters. If you think about it, the vast majority of homes in the U.S. are not very secure, Sure, they might have a top-of-the-range alarm system fitted, but let's be honest about it. Who's going to respond to a bells and whistle alarm system when all hell is breaking loose? To deter looters, you will need to look at other more effective methods because your alarm system is simply not going to cut it. That isn't to say that a good alarm system isn't worth having. They are still one of the best home intrusion deterrents you can have it's just that an alarm is of limited use when there's no law enforcement available to respond to it so let's consider the best way to make your home a less appealing target for looters or any other unwanted intruder for that matter hey before they you know uh before i continue on and uh move forward this article here uh this first section was talking about uh, home alarm systems. You know, one of the, the ones that I think I'm actually going to be looking into to replace what I have is the Simply Safe alarm systems. I would really like to hear from anyone out there who has one. But uh, one of the one of the things that we did for uh, my son and my daughter in law was to get them uh, a small system for their uh, for their apartment. And uh, it seems to work really well, and it seems to you know they even have um, a monitoring service that you can you can do. Although I have found that the monitoring services really don't uh, add anything to it. I mean, they can call the police if you if, if you know if uh, an alarm is going off and if you don't answer. But police uh, from from my experience, police get there really really late. And uh, there's there's really no use to it. More what you want is something to make uh, a, a lot of sound to alert your neighbors that something is going off in the house, and that would scare away any kind of uh, thief or anybody who's wanting to get in, because you know they're not going to want to be in a house where an alarm is going off. So anyway, the Simply Safe system is is pretty affordable. So it is just like that ring doorbell system um, that I installed not too long ago, and actually. Uh, Wrote an article about it. I'll link to it in the show notes if you're interested in it. Um, There was a video that comes along with it, and it was just very easy to install and uh, very, very um, just. It was just simple, right? And so um, that's the same way that these other these uh, alarm systems come, and they have videos and uh, they just make it really easy to uh, to get it online and get it set up. So if anyone has any experience uh, with the Simply Safe alarm systems, maybe good or bad. I'd really like to hear, uh, you know, from you, you can come on over to, uh, episode 348 and drop, uh, you know, drop it in the comment section, or just send me an email over at, you know, todd.sepoveda at com, or hit me up on, uh, the Facebook group. Um, definitely because I, I you know, there's one of those things that they're not that expensive, got you know, a lot cheaper than trying to pay for a monitoring service to to come in and do all of that and uh, it's so easy to set up and so if you uh you know you can put a, a computer or a laptop or your phone on a wireless system i'm sure it's you're able to do uh, this type of system as well all right and then again there's so many different options uh with that so kind of going off on that tangent but just wanted to throw that out there because uh, you can have uh, an alarm system for your home, uh, and it could be very affordable all right uh moving forward with this uh with this article here, I'm not suggesting you should make your property look like some rundown hovel far from it. What I am suggesting is to make your property look as unappealing a target as possible. Make it look like it will be far more trouble to break into than it's worth compared to every other house in the neighborhood. There are a few ways that this can be used to encourage looters to target other properties rather than yours. The first is to have a visibly strong wrought iron storm door fitted that would obviously require a lot of effort to get through. You could also grow large rose bushes or similarly thorny shrubs under all your downstairs windows. They may look beautiful, but trust me, You would not want to force your way through one to get to a window, especially when there are other nearby properties that don't have a dense barrier of thorns protecting them. A new wrought iron storm gate and strategically placed rose bushes will certainly make it more difficult for a potential intruder to gain access, but to a hardened criminal they will be considered a mere hindrance. You will need to step up your game a little if you want to keep these type of vermin at bay. To a professional criminal, a storm gate is only as good as the lock securing it, so always try to get as good a lock fitted as possible. This obviously goes for all of your windows and doors too. You can further strengthen all doors by fitting affordable door clubs, which will make almost any solid door impenetrable. Most intruders will try to gain access to a property by forcing a door, but the next most common forced entrance is via a downstairs window. There are a couple of ways you can make your windows stronger. Improve the locks on them as mentioned earlier and apply a sticky transparent film that when applied thickly to the inside of your glass is designed to make them virtually shatterproof. Don't advertise that you have something others will want. Signs can tell one person one thing and somebody else something totally different. Take a beware of the dog sign for example. It warns people that there is a dog on the premises They will either give your home a wide berth or be stupid enough to get bitten. But the likelihood of someone stealing your dog is slim. Now compare that to someone who puts up a sign advertising that they will shoot looters on site or that they are members of the NRA. This type of signage will obviously deter a lot of looters, but there will be a few who will target that property specifically to steal the owner's weapons. Even if those weapons are secured in a coded gun safe, they will not be safe because if someone is threatening to hurt your partner or your child unless you open it, you're going to open it. Advertise you have a dog by all means, but it really is better not to advertise you have guns in your home, regardless of how safe doing so makes you feel. Don't worry, if at some point an intruder gets past your strengthened security measures, that will be the time to let them know you have a gun. By the way, If I haven't said so already, having a guard dog trained to protect you and your family is a great idea. So make it difficult for looters to reach your door, never mind opening it. If you have strengthened your windows and doors as outlined above, you shouldn't simply sit and wait for an intruder to try and force them open. You should at least make them work for that opportunity. Making the navigation from the perimeter of your property to your actual house as difficult and as hazardous as possible for would-be intruders will not only make an attempt to loot your home even less inviting, but it will also provide you with more time to prepare your defense of your home against those stupid enough to try. Defensive measures can include the use of barbed wire on a surrounding wall and fences, trip wires that trigger all sorts of unpleasant surprises, To booby traps such as nail spikes, pieces of wood with large nails hammered through them that are hidden on the ground, waiting for unsuspecting intruders to stand on them. Whether or not you put up notices warning people that there are security measures in place is up to you, but bear in mind not everyone who comes calling will have ill intentions. Also, you will need to check your state laws regarding what you can use legally. However, in an SHTF scenario, when there is no law enforcement to protect you, many people will simply do what they need to protect their home and family, irrespective of what the state legislative says. Something that is often overlooked that could very well save your home. One item that should be in your home, especially in a situation when looting is rife, is a fire extinguisher. It may seem a strange item to add to your list, but if looters are desperate to get into your home... They will often place it under siege, but because of your precautionary measures and your defensive efforts, they will not be able to gain access despite their best efforts. This will result in them becoming frustrated, especially if there are no other homes left to target, and they will start to resort to more extreme methods to force you to leave, thus allowing them free hindered access. Unfortunately, this might mean they try to burn you out. That is why having a few extinguishers or strategically placed buckets of water lying around ready to fight any potential firebombing attack is a wise move. Although the simple measures outlined above barely scratch the surface of what you can do to protect your home from looters and other criminal elements, they will still dramatically help improve your chances of avoiding being targeted. All right, guys. So, like I said, this is more of a like a home security thing. And when you think about your home security, think about layers. Everything you do is adding another layer of security to your home. And the big deal, and this is a big theme, and a lot of these types of articles is to you're you're making the home uh, harder to gain entry into and so people that are you know looking for those easy homes to break into are going to be looking at some of the measures that you that you have taken now of course they can't see some of like if you have uh, something barring the door from the inside they're not going to be able to see that Uh, but if you have lights that are automatic outside right and so when people walk up to your front door the lights automatically come on or uh you know they had you have that ring uh that ring uh, doorbell that allows, you know, that, that they see that because there there are a little bit of lights around there. So when people get close to it, it does activate. And so it lets you know on your cell phone that there's someone, you know, at, at the front. And so uh, you can turn on the video and see what they're doing there. Um, you can also uh, very easily get that you know in cameras like for your for the back of the home as well but i think that you know having lights that automatically come on are very uh, you know are very important to have um, and then there's also things that uh, weren't mentioned here but in securing your windows there are these little locks that you can put on the rails of your windows so if someone busts the the window and they're trying to open it up because if they bust the windows if they're going to have to clear out all the glass before they're able to get in or they break the window and then they they move it up or move it to the side or whatever so that they can go ahead and, and get through without glass cutting them but there are these little locks that you can put on the rail so that they wouldn't be able to to open the the window so even if they do break the glass they're going to have to take time to, uh, you know, to break out all of the glass and not get cut uh, if they really wanted to, to gain entry that way. So uh, that's something that you can do. And those are very cheap. You can get those at Home Depot. You can order those off of Amazon. But definitely, those are, are you know something to do. But then you can put in some really thick screws into you know the the face plates of your. Uh, of your your door you know and really get these those door those face plates really far into well at least the screws really in there so that if someone tried to just you know uh, kick it open or whatever those screws would hold a little bit uh, more securely and i know that we talked about you know rod iron uh wrought iron fence and uh burglar bars and those types of things uh not too long ago um, but in the situation that we're in, you know, where um, I, I believe that crime will continue to get worse and worse as people uh, start to struggle. And right now, I mean, you're hearing good things about the economy, but um, is it really around where you're at? I mean, are you hearing about crime and, and those types of things? Because, uh, you know, I'm I'm hearing crime in my area, you know, th- it is going up. Uh, although there are Uh, you know again the economy is seems to be better at least the mainstream media is telling you that that there are a lot of jobs there's a lot of people out there who want to take advantage of people who don't want to work a a nine to five job or a regular job they just want things easy and so if they can take it they'll take it and so uh, it's just you know it's smart to put a little bit of money invest a little bit of money into securing your home and doing what you can to protect your home from, uh, you know, from anybody who's wanting to get in there and break in and do damage. So, uh, you know, there's uh, another article that I wrote a while back about layers and layering your your home, adding layers to your home. I'm going to go ahead and link to it in the show notes if that's something that you're interested in, um, because, you know, there's a little bit here in this article. um, We want to give you just a little bit more if it's something that is a concern for you because, uh, you know, we want people to be safe and we want you to be taking care of yourself and your family. That's what, again, that's why we prep, right? Is, uh, f- to mitigate all the, 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 bad stuff that goes on out there. All right. So again, that's going to be over at ask a If you do want to look at this article or, uh, the other article that I'll link to, it's going to be in the show notes, like always. All right. This next article comes to us from two way radio talk.com. And um, So it's not uh, an article on radios per se. Um, This article is about emergency home repair items that you should stockpile. And uh, as I was reading this one to get ready for, or rereading it to get ready for the podcast, I was thinking back to Hurricane Ike and, and all the homes that had the blue tarps on top of them because of damage because of the wind damage and because of uh you know water getting in through their house and one of the our uh, church members at the time uh that we uh, my wife was staying at you know they had lost some uh, shingles and so water was getting in but they were able to get up there and put uh, a tarp up there to uh you know to stop the rain from coming in and you know stopping the damage i mean that's what you want to do uh you don't want that rain coming in and later on you know causing causing more damage and then if you don't really take care of it and dry things out properly then you got mold and man it can just you know that that could become a very bad problem and so this article is just talking about some um, you know, some great items that you can have uh, in place that everyone can stock and maybe you can put those in your garage and just kind of have them there. So if you've never thought about this or never thought about stocking some supplies, this is a good article uh, to, uh, to, to listen to. So let's go ahead and start reading this one again from uh, TwoWayRadioTalk.com and the article is entitled Emergency Home Repair Items You Should Stockpile. The most common disaster that any of us are likely to be confronted by in our lives is a natural disaster. I don't care what part of the country you live in, there is some sort of natural disaster you need to be concerned about. Whether that is hurricanes in Florida or earthquakes in California, natural disasters can hit us in ways we don't expect and don't prepare for, even while we may think that we are prepared. One of the common effects of these disasters is some sort of damage to our primary shelter our home. While there is not much you can do if a tornado totally destroys your home, many sorts of natural disasters only damage homes without totally destroying them. In these cases, you can still safely occupy your home using it as a shelter, although there may be one or two rooms which are damaged to the point of being uninhabitable. We've all seen it, the aftermath of a major storm where tree limbs fall on houses, crushing a corner of the home, or hailstorms which severely damage the roof. Sometimes the people move out staying in a hotel until repairs can be made, but that's not always an option, especially if the insurance company isn't paying for the hotel room. Nor can we always count on a timely repair, especially if many people's homes are damaged at the same time. In such cases, the most important thing to be able to do is to seal off your roof, windows, and walls, Drying in your home and keeping inclement weather out. We're not talking a full repair here, returning the home to its original condition, but rather a temporary patch so that you can keep the heat in and the rain out. It doesn't take much to do this, just a few basic materials which you can store in your garage, along with some basic hand tools that will give you the ability to dry in your home and keep your family safe as long as your home has not lost its structural integrity. So here's a list of things that you could stockpile. 2x4 studs. You can build a framework for just about anything with 2x4 studs. For example, if you have a section of the roof that is sagging, you can build a support to hold it up. You can also reinforce walls and floors, which may be leaning. Plywood. Plywood allows you to make patches in walls, floors, and roofs. Typically, half-inch thick plywood is used for walls and roofs, and three-fourth-inch thick plywood for floors. However, in an emergency, you can use half-inch as a temporary floor repair, but it won't be as strong. Tarps. If you've ever driven by a neighborhood that has been hit by hell, you probably have seen roofs covered by blue plastic tarps. The blue ones are the thinnest and weakest, but they are still good enough to cover a roof and keep the rain out for months. Just be sure to have the tarp over the roof peak so that the rain can run down the roof and not under the tarp. A lathe strips or furring strips. The wind will cause nail heads to pull through tarps. That can be prevented by putting some sort of washer under the nail head like the lid from a soda bottle. However, what works best is to nail the tarp in place by nailing through strips of wood. Nails. Get a variety of sizes, 4 or 6 penny for use with nailing down tarps, 8 penny for nailing plywood in place, and 16 penny for nailing 2x4 studs together. Visqueen, Clear plastic sheeting, which can be used to cover windows. This works better than a tarp because it will still allow light to come in. A staple gun would be handy for putting up the although you can do it with nails just like the tarp. And duct tape. Good for sealing around the Visa queen and other general sealing as well as general holding things in place. Buy a good brand as the adhesive varies considerably between different brands of duct tape. With those items, you should be able to take care of just about any damage to the exterior of your home, keeping the weather out and making it safe to inhabit but there are a few other items you should consider adding to that list. Plumbing fittings. Most homes today have plastic plumbing pipes, which are much easier to work on. Find out what size pipe is used, probably a half inch or three-fourths inch, and buy some fittings, especially caps, as well as the adhesive for them. That way, if you have a broken line, you can cap it so it won't leak and still have water in the rest of the house wire nuts, and electrical tape. As with the plumbing, you might end up with a situation where you have exposed wires that are a fire danger. In most cases, you can solve the problem by tripping the circuit breaker that the wire is connected to. But just in case, have some wire nuts and electrical tape on hand so that you can terminate a wire safely. And then general hardware. For a long-term survival situation, you will most likely find yourself making things and doing general repairs. A good assortment of hardware will help make that possible. And then caulking, useful for sealing cracks in walls, fixing water leaks, and blocking out insects. Make sure you have manual tools to use with all of these materials. We are also so accustomed to power tools these days that we might not have such things as a cross-cut saw, but in a grid-down situation, those power tools aren't going to do you the least bit of good. Better to have at least the most common tools in manual versions as well. So a crosscut saw, a drill, screwdrivers, hammer, wrenches, pliers. Keep in mind that you're not looking for beauty in any of these repairs, but rather functionality. While your neighbors might make fun of how your repairs look, at least you'll be warm and dry. Them? Well, Since they didn't bother to stockpile these supplies, they probably won't be as well off. All right, guys, so uh, these lists, you can come check out this list over at twowayradiotalk.com. I'm going to link to it in the show notes, like always. Uh, But it's always good. You know, one of those, one of the the things when we talk about, um, you know, an SHTF scenario, we talk about what would be worth, you know, putting our money into and what would be worth, um you know, bartering and and not even bartering but what would be worth its weight in gold are going to be tools and hand tools that can be used and so you know adding to your tools and your toolbox um you know stockpiling some of these things is a good idea uh, just you know even if you're not one of those people that are a handyman out there and you're always building things and and, and those types of things but having some tools um you know is is smart So it might be something that you want to start adding to your, to your collection and, you know, building a toolbox where you could do some, you know, minor repairs if you needed to. And especially things like, you know, putting up a tarp. Uh, Those, I mean, that's pretty easy to do. And, uh, think about how important that would be if you really needed it. And, uh, you know, this is implying that, uh, there would be a time where, Um you you could get your roof fixed or you know, whatever uh damage that you have to your house. But like right now in Houston, uh I know that I I talk about it pretty often, I guess, you know, here on the podcast. Um, but maybe not as often as uh, as i should as a reminder but there are still people that are living in homes that are not put together i mean there are still people living in homes that uh, that are still gutted because they can't find people to work on them and they can't find the materials i have a, a pastor friend i know that i've mentioned it before that's a little bit further down south closer to galveston and uh you know some of the contractors that are coming in and doing work the wood uh they're using wood that hasn't even been dried out and uh, so some of this the wood that they're putting up is it's having problems because it's starting to dry after it's been installed in whatever way that it needs to be installed and it's you know there's some problems there and so uh, there's just, you know, you could be in a situation where there's plenty of people around Home Depot is still around and available and all that kind of stuff, but you just can't find someone to do the repairs that you need uh, to, to get it done. So in that case, you, uh, you know, you want to do a temporary fix, but then also there could be a situation where the poop does hit the fan and there's nobody coming. And so you want to have supplies to be able to keep the weather out and uh, the insects out and and those types of things out as much as possible. And so it does make sense. You know, you can go to Harbor Freight and get a lot of tarps for very, very cheap. They they do run sales and, uh, you know, the blue ones, like you said, the blue ones are the thinner, the cheaper ones, but they do make some that are, you know, a little bit thicker and uh, a little bit sturdier. So, uh, you know, if you're thinking about your home and you're thinking about a roof, you might want to invest in something that's a little bit thicker that you can uh, get up there and uh, you know that would protect your home a little bit better than some blue tarps but i can still tell you that there are places that still have tarps up i i still see them as i travel around uh, the houston area they're not as common anymore but there's still some that are out there and uh, so uh, definitely uh, something that we need to consider for uh, for ourselves and for our homes to make sure that our homes are uh, kept in in good repair so that we can stay healthy as much as possible well everyone that is it for episode 348 thanks for starting out your week with me hey don't forget to subscribe to the show head on over to the prepper website and that way you never miss another episode of sweet prepper goodness take a moment to connect with me i have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes as well and with that Choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.